0: Hello and welcome to the Small Business Conversations podcast episode 6. My name is Mili Tangalungulu. In this week's episode, we discuss the growing demand to maximize the potential of South Africa's township economies, which is estimated to be worth billions, even though there are few records to quantify the amount of money really moving within the industry. If you have set foot in a township, you would know that they are full of diverse economic activities, ranging from spazza shops, street vendors, hair salons and shippings to minibus taxis. These are largely micro enterprises with low capital and low skill base. However, a proper business model is needed to ensure their growth. The CEO of Black Business Council, K'ange Matabane, is joining us today to speak on the challenges that are faced in these communities and how they can gain new markets while adjusting their business models in order to accommodate the change which comes with COVID-19. Thank you so much, K'ange, for joining us. Thank you very much. What are some of the common consistent barriers to entry for small and medium enterprises and township economies that hinder them from gaining new markets?
1: There are two main issues that are actually hindering small businesses and uh, township businesses uh, from actually thriving. The first one is uh, access to the markets. The second one, uh, access to funding. And uh, we also have another one that is inability to coordinate bulk buying. By access to funding, I'm talking about in case some of these companies want to expand because they don't have the balance sheets, and as such, they don't have uh, ability then to go and, and raise funds. Uh, most of the interventions from our governments and, and also from financial institutions are not necessarily geared for small businesses. Uh, and hence, I think from the BBC, we've been calling for an establishment of a black bank because we feel that the black bank should be run by black people and be owned by black people. And that way it will be able to understand the needs of small business and township, uh, in the township and rural economy. The, the access to markets talks to the the, the challenges that small businesses uh, have in in accessing procurement opportunities in, in, in big companies and also in government. The, most of them are don't necessarily have that ability to get that because big companies do business with people that they know and and the government's uh, legislation like the triple pfa still favors uh, big businesses instead of favoring uh, small businesses The and then the other challenge is inability to coordinate bulk buying if you look at the shops that are owned by Pakistanis in the townships and in rural areas they they are able to offer customers Uh, cheaper or more affordable goods and services because they are able to buy in bulk. And when you buy in bulk, then you are able to take advantage of scale. So most of the township and, and rural economy businesses, what they do, they go and buy as individuals and then they lose the economy of scale advantage.
0: COVID-19 is changing how we do business. Would you say the township and rural economies are prepared for this shift? And have they been equipped well enough for their businesses not to collapse?
1: Yeah, I I don't think they they are ready. Uh, I agree fully with you that COVID-19 has actually done what most companies were not able to do. It has actually forced companies to to leapfrog to 4IR by actually forcing people to, to work virtually. To interact virtually uh, by by using all these other virtual meeting places, most of the companies, even big companies, they were still struggling to to acquire video conferencing. Uh, but then the virtual meetings companies made it much 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 cheaper and, and easier for companies to to be able to adapt and adopt uh, ICT and for IR. The the challenge with the township and the small businesses is that. Data is expensive, so there's a serious uh, consideration that needs to be done uh, to reduce the cost of data. Uh, If you, for example, you go to other countries, even in the continent, Europe and and, and others, you you find that the amount that we pay for data in South Africa is probably double or triple what people in Europe and what what people in other parts of the continent pay, Uh, for example, Nigeria. So so the, there's a need for us in government to fight for, for the reduction of data prices. The second issue is ICT infrastructure. If you look at most of the advanced ICT infrastructure is in the urban areas, specifically in the big metros. So if you go to townships like uh, Soweto and, and, and the ones in the rural areas, and informal settlement, you're going to find that there's no infrastructure for ICT. So most of the rural areas are still on 2G and, and the countries actually move into 5G. So they, they still have not even been on 3G uh, and, and 4G. So if you want to for example to download a document in the rural areas, you you can't. Because the the, the speed is just not there. So you've you've got an, an issue of the speed, you've got an issue of a cost and and that actually is a barrier for small businesses from actually taking advantage of uh, the the four IR that has been uh, accelerated by 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 COVID nineteen.
0: Angi, with the rise of COVID-19, it's evident that businesses now more than ever need to take advantage of the fourth industrial revolution. So how can township entrepreneurs leverage this so as to operate as business owners in the sector?
1: I think what is needed more there is training uh, of the entrepreneurs because I think uh, if you look at them, uh, most of them, they don't necessarily have the correct education uh, That can make them to take advantage of 4IR. Uh, For example, one of the banks have have actually launched a system that allows people to pay for their services uh, using cards. So if if you take an example of uh, most of the township economy businesses, like the salons, small restaurants, uh, the spasa shops, people who are selling uh, in their taxi ranks and, and at the street corners, most of them, they still depend on cash, uh, which then limits their ability to, to, to expand and trade more uh, because most of the people don't carry cash now. So I think it's, we need some education so that they can adapt to the new ways of working and, and then the new ways of communicating. For example, you, you you need an accounting system, for example, that then will be able to talk to the, to the, the card machine that they use so that everything becomes automated. Once someone buys, uh, it goes to the uh, income statements. It calculates the tax that needs to be paid, uh, and then everything gets done. So you you then reduce the need for manual intervention uh, for everything, and that will make even compliance by rural and township businesses to be much 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 easier. But that, I think it's an issue of education to to say. ICT and for IR is here to stay. Uh, we just need to adapt or die.
0: Lastly, Rangi, would you say that being regulated for SMEs in township economies is actually a priority?
1: Yeah, I, I think it, it, it depends. But the, currently, as I think the challenge with the small businesses is that they actually want to spend a lot of their time doing the actual business, not the, doing administration. So we, we've been calling for, for government to really look at the regulatory environment because most of the of the small businesses are struggling with, with compliance mainly because of access. So if you go to rural areas, for example, for you to go to to access the tax registration place, you, you probably have to go to the bigger town. Uh, you have to spend a lot of money and if you don't have a car of your own. You have to use public transport uh, just to go and, and register for tax. They can take you the whole day. We've been calling for government to actually decentralize their their, their services and create centers all over the country that then will give uh, access to all the services. Uh, we we'll call them one-stop shops. So, for example, if you go to a place, you need to then go and register for tax, register for UIF, register the company there, in that type of a one-stop shop. And then those one-stop shops can even be mobile. That is, you know, on day one, you, you'll be at rural area number one, day two at number three, and and, and so on. So the, the, the small business then can spend a lot of time actually doing the business that they're supposed to do. When we're coming to, example, to the taxi industry, I think the challenge there with the taxi industry is that because they they, they, they are not regulated, it's a bit difficult for government to actually regulate them, uh, unlike the buses and the, and the trains, because those ones are, are subsidized, and then it's easier than to regulate them because, you know, uh, if a company A that is got 10 taxis receives so much money per per, per month, you have to to then regulate it so that they can be able to pay tax and pay all these other things that are due uh, and register their employees uh, for for, for workmen's compensation UIF and 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 so on so the issue i think uh, is is the access and and the cost of of compliance uh, most of the small businesses have to travel a lot to to go and try to comply but uh, i don't think most of them they've got the He should actually comply, but I think they want to spend a lot of time doing the actual business.
0: Thank you so much, Rangi. That was the CEO of the Black Business Council, Rangi Matabane, providing listeners and township entrepreneurs with the necessary information on how they can leverage new markets. In the next episode of the Small Business Conversations with me, Mili Tangalongulu, we talk to Thea Baloyi, founder of Butcher Shoes, on how to build a solid brand while many businesses are closing shop. To listen to our other podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za and the MoneyWeb app, follow MoneyWeb News on Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn for updates.